0: Thanks for joining me, Kerry Hammond, for the fourth episode of Food and Drink Business Bites, a podcast that brings food and drink businesses in the Highland Council area all of the latest events, resources, funding opportunities and support available through the Highlands and Islands Enterprise Food and Drink Business Support Service, part of the Northern Innovation Hub Food and Drink Tech Hub Project. On today's episode, I speak to Hannah Taylor, the founder of Gut Feelings Kombucha. Based in Findhorn in the Highlands, she produces raw, naturally fermented kombucha, flavoured with good quality fruit and herbs. Hannah started the business in April 2019, and since then has grown her business from a kitchen cupboard production to a microbrewery in Findhorn. With a passion for low waste, Hannah has set up a purpose-built refill station which allows customers to fill up larger quantities of kombucha, creating zero waste. Gut Feelings Kombucha can also be bought in 300ml bottles which run on a bottle return scheme, keeping waste to an absolute minimum. Her products can be found at more than 40 cafes and shops all the way between Aberdeen and Skye. Hi Hannah, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. So just to kick us off, Hannah, could you tell us a little bit more about you? I am currently based in Fintorn. The Kombucha Brewery
1: is within the foundation in Fintorn. Um, Right next door to me is Greenbridge Organics, who are a coffee roastery. Um, so you might be hearing some noises in the background. Um, and yeah, I've been working out of this kitchen for the last two and a half years. Moved in here in January 2020. Gosh, is that three and a half years? That is three and a half years. Wow. <laughs> so in 2019, April of 2019 is when I got started. Um the beginning of the business was quite long for me because kombucha really wasn't a word at all when I first started this business I'd been in New Zealand and I came back and decided that I wanted to give it a shot so I took roughly eight months to actually create the business where I was experimenting with different flavours and different methods of making it and selling it to friends and just keeping all the money to one side so I did that for eight months roughly Um, and then yeah in April of 2019 is when I got my at that time, home kitchen certified. And yeah, started selling from that point on.
0: So I personally am quite familiar with kombucha. Um, I don't really drink alcohol anymore, except on very special occasions. And personally, for me, I love kombucha uh, in place of an alcoholic drink. But for anybody listening who might not be familiar with what kombucha is, do you want to just give us a basic premise of your product?
1: Yep, so kombucha is a fermented tea. So you make it through having a caffeinated tea. I use green tea, but you can use black or white tea. Um, caffeinated tea with sugar, that's your base. And then the fermentation happens through the addition of what's called a SCOBY, which is short for Symbiotic Culture of Bacteria and Yeast. And over a period of weeks, um, the bacteria and the yeast, which are good bacteria and yeast, not harmful, um, they feed on the caffeine and the sugar within the tea base. And as a result, they multiply. So there's lots of good bacteria and yeast in there when you drink it. Um, But they also produce certain acids which create that fermented tangy taste. Um, And both the bacteria and the acids have... um, health beneficial properties attached to them. The research is kind of ever growing. In terms of the bacteria, it's very tied to our gut microbiome. Um, Research has now shown that the bacteria that you drink in kombucha does actually have the ability to make it to your gut microbiome. Um, And they essentially come in and lend a hand to the gut microbes that you have in there all the time. They don't come and stay they're known as transient bacteria so they come in they do a little bit of work and then they pass out so the health benefits in terms of bacteria are very much similar to our gut microbiome in terms of lowering inflammation keeping our mood stable um yeah helping our heart it's it's all over um and the acids they help to create a environment within the gut where good bacteria are able to survive and The acetic acid that's found in kombucha is also tied to blood sugar balance. So helping our muscles take in the blood sugar instead of it um, circulating all the time. So then we'd be getting fluctuations in blood sugar. It's kind of all over, to be honest. It's like a full body thing.
0: (laughs) It's quite incredible. So not only is it hugely good for all different areas of your body, potentially your mental health, I imagine it also tastes pretty good, Hannah.
1: Yes. (laughs) I mean, I'm biased, but delicious.
0: (laughs) Do you have a few flavours
1: in your range? Uh, So I always have three flavours on offer. Two of them are staples. So I've got uh, raspberry and mint and lemon and ginger. And then the third is a seasonal. So at the moment we have carrot and cardamom. Next up, we're going to have strawberry and basil. We have blueberry and chamomile. It depends. It changes every couple of months that third one just to kind of keep things exciting for the customer but it also keeps things exciting for me in the kitchen as well
0: I bet and uh from the the sound of the uh, ingredients that you're using and the sort of order that you just listed them it sounds like you're uh, using them based on seasonality as well is that quite important for your business
1: yeah it's definitely um I try to I try to source things as locally as I possibly can that's why it's quite nice to have the seasonal flavour because it means I can kind of utilise things that are you know as local as possible sometimes it's not as easy as getting it right on the doorstep but I do try to keep things at least within Scotland and yeah it's a really important part of the business for me is making sure that all the flavourings are coming from real ingredients you know sometimes it's frozen berries from the farm up the road or it's dried herbs from somewhere across the country but it's never you know artificial flavorings or you know extracts things that are in their tiniest forms I like to use things in as large a form as possible because I think you can get so much more nutrition that way
0: so good for your body good for your brain tastes amazing great for the planet great for the environment (laughs) Great for the local economy. What aren't you doing, Hannah? (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) As I understand it, you're on the board for the Highlands and Islands Enterprise Food and Drink Tech Hub.
1: I actually was invited to become one of the board members by uh, Nicola. And the reason was because I'm a small local business who really has the potential to use a lot of the offerings that that they're planning. And also because of my experience of having worked in a community kitchen, um, it's how my whole process started here. And yeah, I think just kind of having the ability to have a little bit of an insight, both from a small business perspective, a young business owner perspective, and then I guess from my experience within a community
0: kitchen. I would love to hear from your point of view as a business that used a community kitchen to start up. What were the pros for you? What were the benefits of working in that community kitchen?
1: For me, the biggest thing was space. I had come from working in my home kitchen, which I was sharing with my partner at the time and you know i'm trying to brew out of these big vessels with kegs and every week having to have the kitchen in just absolute mayhem which you know is fine if it's your workspace but it was work and life space so the biggest thing for me was i was able to move in and increase my capacity quite significantly because all of a sudden there was space to fold larger vessels which i didn't have before also because it was purpose-built you know it has big sinks it's got a really great tap that makes all of the washing of my equipment much easier everything's stainless steel and easy to clean yeah it was just it was such a transition for my business because I was moving from a space that was so not equipped for what I wanted to do to a space that was just literally I didn't have to do anything I just had to move in and all of a sudden I was able to work in a way that just felt much more efficient and productive and kind of clean I guess (laughs) yeah
0: and in terms of that cleanliness I'm assuming the community kitchen when you moved into it I'm assuming they already had you know their environmental health their salsa accreditation did that make it easier for you as a small business to to trust that space going into it knowing that it had been signed off checked off and was fully legislated
1: yeah absolutely and i mean because of covid there are lots of the kind of health inspector checks and everything have been quite delayed um but when i first when i was working out of my home kitchen and the health inspector was coming to visit i didn't sleep for like three days because I just couldn't think I couldn't stop thinking about all the potential areas where they might find fault whereas when I knew the health inspector was coming to do another check on the kitchen I I barely I barely even thought about it because I know that I work in a very clean way anyway they're coming to observe the space and I feel very confident in the fact that this space has been created for exactly what I'm doing or you know for the health inspector to give a big tick so I had no anxiety around it which was I've come from a past of working in hospitality where the word health inspector is like terrifying but it's so nice to not have that tied to
0: it and you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that some of the sort of background noise hubbub that we can hear is uh, another small business that's operating um through the wall to you did, did you find that having that community kitchen gave you access to other entrepreneurs, business founders, other startups? and Did it help you to sort of build bonds and form a community?
1: Yeah, in, in some ways it certainly has. I mean, the space has now changed since I have been working in here. Um, so when I first started, the basis of it was a community kitchen where the whole idea had been that small business owners could come in and create a business and build and perhaps move on to their next location once they want to become a bigger business. But unfortunately, there was just a real lack of consistency. So there would be small business owners coming with plans that weren't solid and they would maybe come for like just a very short period of time or they wouldn't be able to create a business plan that was solid enough to even kind of tick the boxes that were needed in terms of insurance and everything. So to be totally honest, it was a little bit of a kind of turbulent time to begin with where, you know, the people who owned this kitchen and built this kitchen weren't sure if it was gonna be able to go forward in this form of being a shared kind of community space. The lease changed because my business has settled in quite nicely. So it's still open to being a community kitchen space, I've kind of turned it now into more of a brewery, but there's still space for people to come in. But it just means that for the people who run the space, they've got consistency. Um, I then let it out to another woman who comes in and makes Indian, authentic Indian food one day a week. Um, Incredible woman, fantastic business. But there's also space within the week. If people come with solid enough business plans to be able to use the space as well, if that makes sense. So I have managed to meet a lot of different folk through doing this, but I guess it's quite important actually to mention that the form of this community kitchen has had to change in response to the kind of interest or the the people who were coming forward for it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting insight and interesting to hear how how that business model, not, not necessarily yours, but the the community kitchen business model kind of had to evolve around the businesses that were using it if you could give any advice to um, startup businesses what's one piece of key advice that you would give them just to really
1: consider your business plan and consider what your ambition is for your business to make sure that for your own peace of mind to know that actually okay I'm stepping into this space because of x y and z instead of just being like oh I want to start a business and I'm just going to go and use that space and just see what happens I think it's quite good for your own peace of mind and for yeah if you're sharing the space with others to have quite a clear vision of of why it is that you're deciding to use that space and not do it from home or not rent somewhere else do you know what I mean? It's a little bit of a broad piece of advice but
0: <laughs> i think that is a fantastic piece of advice hannah and it's something that the food and drink business support service can offer any small businesses so if maybe you're not 100 percent sure on your business plan or your market then please do visit our website get in touch give us a call and we'd be more than happy to help so hannah i know i've got to let you go i know there's an awful lot of kombucha uh, brewing away but just before i do can you tell us where can we find your products where can we find out more about you where can i get my hands on some carrot and cardamom kombucha <laughs> so
1: um the best way to find out about what's happening within the business is through my social media platforms so both instagram and facebook I do have a website on the cusp at the moment. It's very, very, very close. But again, yeah, that will be posted on social media. Um, My kombucha can be bought through local shops and cafes ranging from Aberdeen over to Skye. It's quite nice to utilise the refill stations where you get to go with an empty bottle and just fill it up straight from a tap. So in terms of Inverness, Highlands Way, uh, the closest would be Blend Cafe on Drummond Street. Um, but yeah, again, if if you get onto social media and have a wee look, then all my stockists are, are up there.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much, Hannah. And thank you also for uh, making sure that Blend on Drummond Street are getting an extra customer from me this weekend. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this afternoon, Hannah. Um, If anybody listening would like to find out more about Hannah or about Gut Feelings Kombucha, you can find all of the links to her social media platforms in the show notes. The Tech Hub Business Support Service are organising an online workshop on Tuesday, the 4th of July from 10am until 12pm on food trends and new product development. Join us online for the opportunity to hear about upcoming food trends and what consumers are looking for from new products on the market. We'll also hear from two businesses that are using food trend information to develop new products, including an overview on how businesses come up with the ideas for new products, the development process, how they gather consumer feedback, and then how they bring the product to market. Also speaking at this event are Queen Margaret University, discussing the science of foods, including an overview of the food science element of new product development, reformulation for health, and all the things that businesses should consider when developing new products from ingredients, free from alternatives, and shelf life. Head over to the Food and Drink Tech Hub website to book your space now. The Food and Drink Tech Hub is also offering bespoke one-to-one support for businesses operating in the Highland Council area. Businesses can receive access to a food and drink specialist that can work with your business to overcome a specific challenge. Applications are open all year round, with the panel meeting every three months to select the successful applicants. The next deadline will be in August, but exceptional applications can be approved at any time. To apply for your bespoke one-to-one expert advice, please visit the Tech Hub website or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for joining me, Kerry Hammond, for this episode of Food and Drink Business Bites. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Check out our show notes for more information and links on everything that we've mentioned during this episode. This podcast is brought to you in association with Highlands and Islands Enterprise Food and Drink Tech Hub Business Support Service, a Northern Innovation Hub project funded by the City Region Deal.